Somewhere in the silence, somewhere in the darkness, somewhere in the mystery, Jesus comes to us. I acknowledge this morning that, that in many ways this has been a, a difficult week, a lot of violence that we have been exposed to in the news um, and I know that that hangs over us, what's happened in, in Memphis, and as well as the numerous shootings that have happened before that already in the month of January. We are only one-twelfth of the way through the year, and, and here we are. Um, we decided at the beginning of the year that we would spend a few weeks looking at, at what a new year looks like. And instead of talking about resolutions, which we so often abandon very shortly, to just think about where we start and, and how we start. So Start Here was the name of our series. We've been looking at the topography of the year and, and where do we start and how do we start so the first week, Steve talked about how we struggle with comparison and want to keep up with the Joneses, you know, keep up with our neighbors or that person on Facebook or whatever. We're trying to live to the world's standards instead of to the standards of Christ and encouraged us to live in Christ. The next week, we looked at how when we're prone to guilt and regret well, we're prone to sin, which leads us to guilt and to regret, we need to actually make a U-turn, that sometimes we try to just try harder or to shed a little bit here and there, but maybe we just need to turn in a whole new direction. And that new direction is to run in the right direction following after Jesus. And then last week, Steve talked about choosing the yoke of Jesus because that yoke is easy, not in the sense that we typically think of easy, but that yoke is kind and gentle and really is the better way. It is the better way to choose the yoke, to yoke ourselves to Jesus. And then today, I want to acknowledge that, that some of you have started the year in a difficult place. Maybe you're struggling with isolation or, or loneliness. Maybe you're experiencing brokenness or loss. Maybe you've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death, as the psalmist says. And in today's scripture, we get a, a glimpse of what can happen when we come to Jesus with our struggles and with our sin and with our sense of loss. Maybe you're experiencing that hurt or brokenness or loss, and we hear about what can happen when we get close to Jesus and receive his forgiveness and healing and love. So as we see what it's like to, to move there and also to help each other along the way, I want to turn to a scripture from the second chapter of Mark. It begins that second chapter, and I invite you to follow along and read with me. After a few days, Jesus went back to Capernaum, and people heard that he was at home. So many gathered there that there was no longer space, not even near the door. Jesus was speaking the word to them. Some people arrived, and four of them were bringing to him a man who was paralyzed. 
They couldn't carry him through the crowd, so they tore off part of the roof above where Jesus was. When they'd made an opening, they lowered the mat on which the paralyzed man was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, child, your sins are forgiven. Some legal experts were sitting there muttering among themselves, why does he speak this way? He's insulting God. Only the one God can forgive sins. Immediately, Jesus recognized what they were discussing and he said to them, why do you fill your minds with these questions? Which is easier, to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your bed, and walk? But so you will know that the human one has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Jesus raised him up and right away he picked up his mat and walked out in front of everyone. They were all amazed and praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. This is the word of God for the people of God and God's people say, thanks be to God. As I do each week, I invite you to pause for just a moment and pray for me in sharing this message with you, and I'll pray for you in receiving it. Let's pray together. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The of Mark begins with this frenzy of activity. First, Jesus is baptized by John. And then after 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by Satan, he begins to preach, to share the good news. And he preaches saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. You heard me talk about that a little bit a couple of weeks ago. And then he calls two different pairs of brothers, Simon and Andrew and James and John, And then he goes and starts teaching in the synagogue. And as he's there in the synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit, scripture says, approaches him and Jesus casts the demon out of this man. The people are amazed at his teaching and his healing and so his fame begins to spread. He leaves the synagogue and he goes to Simon and Andrew's house and he um, sees Simon's mother-in-law and she is um, very ill. She has a high fever and she's not been able to get rid of it, but Jesus takes her hand and lifts her up and the fever is gone. Because of her healing, that evening, everybody from all over town begins to bring to him everyone who is sick and in need of healing. His fame, again, continues. 
And then in the morning, the next morning, he goes out in the dark by himself to have a little bit of time alone and to be in prayer. But the disciples hunt him down. That's what the scripture says. They hunt him down and tell him that everyone is searching for him. And so he says, okay, come on then. Let's go to all the surrounding towns and I will share the good news with them also. And then a leper finds him and although he tells the leper to, the leper to stay quiet about it, the leper goes and tells everyone that, that Jesus has healed him. So after several days, he returns home to Capernaum and by that point, his reputation, his teaching, and his healing have spread so much so that there is this huge crowd outside the door, and he can't even see the door of the home. And then inside, the courtyards are crowded with people, and then the two small rooms in the house are filled with people as well, all wanting to be healed by him. And so Jesus begins speaking to him and he's speaking to them when all of the sudden the dirt begins to fall on his head, on everyone's head and not just dirt but chunks of mud and, and sticks and branches begin to fall. The, loo- the roof literally begins to crumble in on them. And then when the light streams through, they can see that somebody or somebodies are actually digging through the thatch and mud roof. What in the world? Then those four men, they start lowering their friend down on a mat. A man who lived on the other side of town, he was an invalid, he'd been that way his whole life and everyone knew him. But they rigged his mat with ropes behind his shoulders and under his knees, and they were lowering him down through the roof. His friends were determined to get him to Jesus. And they realized that they couldn't even get near the door, much less into the house through the crowded courtyards and into one of those rooms all the way to Jesus. And so they they decided that the only way to get their friend to Jesus was literally through the roof. Those homes had an outdoor uh, stairway, and so they went up on the stairs to the flat roof above and sat down where they thought Jesus was and started digging through the roof. Can you imagine being so determined to help a friend that, that you would do that just to get to Jesus? Can you imagine having the faith to know that just getting him to Jesus could make all the difference. First of all, these friends loved deeply. They had the depth of love and compassion for their friend and for seeing him made whole again. They had watched him struggle his entire life. He was unable to walk, therefore he was unable to work, therefore he struggled to survive. And because he was a paralytic, he was also cast out, even if not intentionally, but often intentionally, from the rest of community. He was outcast by most. But his friends, they loved him, and they wanted him desperately to be healed They also had this deep conviction. 
This deep conviction that the only way for him to receive Jesus, receive healing was through Jesus. This man had come to town and they'd heard him preach and they'd seen him heal and, and he'd been sharing the good news of God's love and forgiveness. They saw him healing people and they thought he is the only hope for our friend. And then finally, these four friends had the faith that Jesus could heal him, that Jesus would heal him. And they demonstrated that faith through their action. Their faith was lived out in what they did. They didn't sit back and hope for healing. They carried him to Jesus for that healing. Love and compassion, conviction, faith in action. Can you imagine what that kind of love, that kind of conviction, that kind of of faith can do? Can you imagine what that would look like today if we acted that way, if we lived that way? In places like that, the church would actually look like the church is supposed to look, right? The church carrying others to Jesus. What if there was a church where a recently single woman came with her two adolescent boys. They may have wanted to go on a ski trip, but she was searching for a congregation to partner with her in raising them, a place where they would be safe and be loved, a place where they would be carried to Jesus and come to put their trust and faith in him. And you know what? You, Trinity, did that. You were that for her. You partnered with her. You helped her raise those boys. You were the stretcher bearers for those boys who are now young men. That's who you are, Trinity. What if there was a church where there was a high school student with special needs and he was invited to church by a friend And that church accepted him and treated him with with dignity and, and carried him to Jesus. And now he loves Jesus. And each week he welcomes people to this place with excitement and with genuine, authentic love. We've done that, Trinity. We've done that more than once over the years. We've been the stretcher bearers for those young men? What if there was a church where a couple, a young couple, lost their child in an unexpected and tragic accident, and in their brokenness and heartache, they struggled with their faith, but you walked with them, you carried them to receive the healing and strength of Jesus. You were the stretcher bearers for them when they couldn't get there themselves. You've done that, Trinity. That's who you are. What if there was a church where people would go to people who are incarcerated? Amen, Bob? 
What if the church would go behind those bars and offer a word of love and acceptance and and forgiveness and healing? What if there were men who would go to those who were behind the bars and carry them to Jesus? We are that church, Trinity. That's who we are. So many are starting this year with with heartache and with loneliness, with alienation and, and brokenness. And we can carry them to Jesus who will give them what they need. He will cast out their demons. He will heal their infirmities. He will say to them, child, your sins are forgiven. And when we meet Jesus, that makes all the difference. Take a look. Who has the plan? <laughs> there wasn't a plan. No, no, no. When you're desperately in need, you don't stop and think that Digging a hole in the roof of a stranger's house might be a bad idea. You just do it. So we did it. Now we pulled that operation off. That's a story for another day. <laughs> and it's a good one. <laughs> you, you should have seen everybody's face when they were lowering me down all sprawled out on that mat. At one point I just looked at everybody and I was just like, hello. <laughs> Everybody was shocked, except for Jesus. It's like he was expecting me. Jesus, he had this big smile on his face. He looked up at my friends. He looked at me, and he said these words. He said, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now listen, I wasn't being lowered down on a mat because I was exhausted from running a marathon. I was being lowered on a mat because my legs didn't work. So when he said he was going to forgive my sins, I was thinking, sins? What about my legs? But I just didn't get it then. See, in saying he could forgive sins, Jesus was kind of, he wasn't kind of saying it. He He was claiming to be God. Now, I don't have time to tell you Everything the Pharisees told us we had to do to earn forgiveness. Needless to say, it'd be easier to move a mountain than to find forgiveness. And here, Jesus is just handing it out. Most everybody in that room had to be thinking the same thing. Who does this guy think he is? Who does this guy think he is? You can't forgive sins if you're not God. And if you're not God, you can't do this. I went in there hoping that I could stand on my own two feet and I walked out free from sin. That's a miracle that doesn't just change me. That changes the world.
Maybe this morning you see yourself as one of those four friends. You're thinking about a particular person who needs to see God. Maybe it's a neighbor or a coworker who's been on your mind and on your heart. You know that they're feeling lonely or isolated or that they're really struggling right now with the loss of a relationship. How is God leading you to bring them to Jesus? Does it start with an invitation to get coffee? Do you invite them to come to church with you and, and go to lunch afterwards? Maybe it's someone who's really going through a difficult time. You can tell that they are struggling with a demon of some kind, whether it's addiction or anger or resentment, and you know that Jesus is their only hope. How can you carry them to Jesus? Maybe you invite them to an AA meeting, or, or you listen and, and pray with them. How can you be the mat carrier? How can you be the stretcher bearer for them? Maybe, maybe you know somebody who you haven't seen in a while and, and you wonder if they're okay. Maybe you haven't seen them here since COVID. Maybe you haven't reached out to them and they've been on your heart. Maybe you're watching online and you can think of somebody that, that you need to get in touch with. Maybe, again, you need to check on them, give them a phone call, and, and invite them to come back here with you. Maybe you need to be their stretcher bearer so that they can see Jesus. Or maybe this morning you're the one in need of healing or forgiveness. Maybe you're feeling distant from God. Maybe you're experiencing doubt or, or despair. We all have those times of, of weakness and, and desperation. It may be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, but we all have that kind of pain in those days when the world is simply too much for us. And it's on those days that we need the faith of a friend or even four friends to carry us to Jesus. The faith of a friend is contagious like that. They can bring us close to Jesus. The Apostle Paul speaks about this in the first part of Romans, the letter to the Romans, and he talks about gathering as a church for that very reason, quote, so we might be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, unquote, because sometimes we're not strong enough. We're just not strong enough to get there on our own. Sometimes we are the stretcher bearers, and sometimes we're the ones who, who need to be carried. Either way, we all need to hear those words. My son, my daughter, my child, my child, my child, you are healed. You are forgiven. You are loved. 
kingdom of God has come near, Jesus says. There's no longer this gap that we somehow perceive of God up there and us humans down here. The roof has crumbled and God has literally come to be with us. The key is simply to uncover that. That's the place where we need to start this year. Each and every day, each and every week, each and every year. We need to start here. Start with Jesus. Because the kingdom of God has come near. Let's pray together. Oh God, we give you thanks that you have come to us in Jesus. That Jesus has spoken that the kingdom of God has come near in him. And he's here to offer healing and hope and forgiveness and wholeness to each one of us. So, oh God, we pray that you will give us the the wisdom, the love, the conviction, the faith to carry our friends to you. And that you will give us the strength to admit sometimes we're the ones who need to be carried. You love us, oh God. You forgive us, you heal us, you accept us. So we offer ourselves to you. May we be carried to you and may we carry others. May we be the stretcher bearers so that all may come to see and know Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.